Welcome to Enrichment Today podcast, hosted by Dr. Amy Christine Blanson. This podcast covers topics to build stability and find tranquility in your life. Join us to discuss topics to improve your financial health, change your limiting beliefs, improve your wellness, and so much more, all to increase your self-sufficiency. If you like this podcast, make sure to follow the Enrichment Today podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and follow the Drew Lewis Foundation on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. You can also check us out on our websites, enrichmenttoday.org and drewlewis.org. Now sit back, relax, and learn to break some crayons with us. Welcome to Enrichment Today. Uh, We're back to talk about food and gardening and the importance of nutrition and what it can do to actually change your life. So when the Fairbanks was in its infancy, bought the property, and my niece was just graduating from architect school, and she drafted the ideas that I had been dreaming up. And so always, from the very beginning, the baseball field or some parts of the greens of this campus have always been a garden of some sort. Not necessarily a community garden, not necessarily, we just knew that we had green space and that we had a neighborhood that was low income um, and we knew that there was a way to meet that food gap. So today we're gonna talk about that. Um, I'm Dr. Amy Blancet. I'm with the Drew Lewis Foundation and faculty at Missouri State. And today I'm gonna have our guest introduce her and share with us the mission of the Springfield Community Gardens. Yes, yes, hello. Um, My name is Annalise Kerr. I am the Outreach and Volunteer Coordinator for Springfield Community Gardens. Um, Our mission at Springfield Community Gardens is to grow a community where everybody has access to healthy local food. Um, And so you're right on point, you know, bringing gardening um, back to the community in a way that um, brings food to those who are generally underserved. Awesome. So like I said, from the very beginning, one of the first partners we had in this idea of a community hub um, has been the Springfield Community Gardens. Mm -hmm. One of the neighbors who lived up the street uh, came to me and was like, hey, you have a lot of space and I Mm -hmm. like to grow stuff. And there's this group that has started and they had also started another small garden several blocks away. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was awesome because it meant that of the two acres we had, 10,000 square feet was not only managed i didn't have to mow it i didn't have to worry about it but it also was that people were here and putting their hands in the ground they were becoming a part of this community and if someone else wandered onto the property they felt ownership Mm -hmm. um or they also were engaging them like hey do you know what this place is you know you have nothing to do today we'll come here and, and start working with us so can you explain um, kind of what the mission means? What is Springfield Community Gardens and what do they bring to this community and so many more? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Springfield Community Gardens started about 12 years ago now in 2010. Um, again, you know, seeing that there is a big gap within Springfield between individuals that do have access to food um, regularly and between individuals that don't. And we find that throughout Springfield, there are areas that are you know, more food insecure, there are areas that are considered food deserts. So individuals that live in those areas don't have access to, you know, healthy local food. And so seeing that need, seeing that divide, it, you know, became the mission of our executive director 12 years ago to um, start putting in gardens to, you know, make sure that individuals have access um, to the food that's so necessary for healthy living. Absolutely. So yeah, Miley is who she's talking about, mm-hmm. the executive director. Um, and Miley is not afraid to get her hands dirty no. and <laughs> loves uh, digging in the soil. 
And so uh, it's been amazing to have that partnership. Mm -hmm. And we were a new organization, very, you know, at the same time, really working on grant writing and, and growing together. Mm -hmm. So it's been amazing to see um, how far Springfield Community Gardens has come. So how many different gardens do you manage across the area? Yeah, so, well, and it's important to note at this point that we kind of have two different pieces of our organization. So over Springfield, we have 17 community gardens, but at the same time, we have four farm incubators, um, which, you know, are very similar. They serve similar populations, but um, are also a way for us to encourage farming um, and gardening in younger generations. And so overall, we have 21. It kind of fluctuates um, year after year. Uh, and, but yes, the majority of them are in kind of the, the city council district zone one in the underserved neighborhoods, um, but they are kind of spread around town. Now you guys have added a really great initiative um, that we kind of use the packing shed here, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about in a bit, <laughs> but you use the model and the idea that you practice here mm -hmm. for an amazing partnership that's happening with Cox Health. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what's happening within that um, company? Yeah, absolutely. So um, now I guess two, three years ago, we got, uh, we were awarded some federal funding to build um, it will eventually, fingers crossed, be a 25-acre farm on the Cox South property. Uh, and, and the idea behind this farm is to you know, work in partnership with Cox to encourage healthier nutrition. Um, we find in areas in Springfield um, that you know, chronic illness is very much diet-related. Um, so you know, factors of obesity, you know, high blood pressure, um, a lot of these things are diet-nutrition related. And um, you know, the, the point of this program is to you know, allow individuals that have these chronic illnesses, that have these, you know, diet-related risks, to afford them the opportunity to have healthy local produce kind of at their fingertips, but also to give them the opportunity to learn more about how to make that a sustainable change for their lifestyle. Absolutely. So what you're kind of referring to is known as, you know, the idea of urban gardening. Yes. So we typically think of, or often we don't think of where our food comes from, right? Yeah. Right. It's just something that shows up at the grocery store mm -hmm. and it came from a truck from somewhere. Yep. And so gardening happens in farms and it happens in like Iowa and Kansas mm -hmm. or Northern Missouri, right? Yes. Not, not here and around Springfield. And so when we really start thinking about all the things that it took, Mm -hmm. for the food to get mm -hmm. made and then to travel here. Mm -hmm. um, not only is it environmental and so many other things yes. that go into that, but it's so important to start knowing where our food comes Absolutely. from. And no better way than the idea of urban gardening. Yes. So obviously the name should explain what it means, <laughs> right. but um, share with our audience, what, what really does urban gardening mean? If I grow yeah. some like, you know, tomatoes in my mm -hmm. backyard, my urban gardening, or do I have sure. to have you know, my entire yard <laughs> full in order to be considered an urban gardener. Right. Well, I think that, you know, the answer to that, there are many different forms of, ur of urban gardening. Um, you know, of course, there's kind of a community aspect. Um, I think, you know, the idea of urban gardening is that we are redirecting, like you said, you know, from these major farms in Iowa or Kansas or Nebraska or wherever, we're redirecting a lot of that monoculture um, you know, growing only corn or wheat or soy. Um, we're redirecting that to a method that's healthier for the earth. It's a regenerative technique, as we say. Um, but also, you know, we're redirecting it so that it's a more sustainable model for individuals. Um, you know, food security and food insecurity, it's not something that you can rely on all the time. You know, we may consider, you know, I might consider myself food secure day to day, but if something were to happen, 
in a farm in Iowa, that would change overnight. And we're experiencing those Absolutely. supply chain changes yes. and how what we were so used mm-hmm. to having is no longer there mm-hmm. when Absolutely. we're relying from all these different. So yes. how can we bring that local to make sure we have more control? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's it's bringing it back you know, into your own backyard or into your community center um, in a way where you have more reliance on you know a healthy, stable food system. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I grow some in my backyard, not as much as I want. <laughs> Same here. But what I love about having the connection with Springfield Community Gardens, mm-hmm. um, I live in a neighborhood that the garden is right across the street mm-hmm. from me. Intentionally, I've moved to a place mm-hmm. where all of this amazing things are happening. Um, and it's awesome to be like, hey, I need some good soil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that the gardens here, not all gardens are able to do this, but here specifically because it's a market garden, mm-hmm. um, we don't have the same community control or the community hands in it so that we can control what goes out Mm -hmm. but it's still amazing that I know if I need soil or I need certain things or I need education just across the street is there so learning and the education part is so Mm -hmm. important Um, and even some of the families we work with at the Drew Mm -hmm. Lewis Foundation have gone through the apprenticeship program (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about that apprenticeship program yeah yeah absolutely and so it kind of goes back to the you know overall mission of the gardens I mean it's creating a sustainable model for individuals to grow their own food if they'd like so um, and like I say, there are kind of a number of different facets that go into this. So um, the idea behind the apprenticeship program is to address not only these food security and food insecurity issues, um, but also to address issues within kind of the agriculture industry, right? So fewer and fewer individuals are going into agriculture to become farmers or gardeners. But at the same time, the average age of the of, you know America's farmers is getting older and closer to retirement age. So the idea of our apprenticeship program is to use one-on-one mentorship techniques with Springfield Community Gardens farm team, um, not only to provide individuals with the knowledge and the experience to grow their own tomatoes or cucumbers in their backyard, um, but in a way where if it's their goal, they can you know, acquire land. Um, they, we can set up with USDA resources, USDA funding, help them to rent a tractor, you know, all of these different yeah. tools and infrastructure um, so that they can, if it's their goal, start their own farm and kind of, you know, factor into the sustainability of a healthy food system. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And especially that system. That's one thing that I know Miley was always working on is how do we create um, kind of that collective mm-hmm. knowledge? So if you want to start, you're not having to start from ground zero. Right. You have this amazing group that can help you in those areas. But then more importantly, of um, the equipment mm-hmm. or those sort of things that become very expensive mm-hmm. or costly. And so having that network mm-hmm. of local farmers, um, small farmers yes. is so important. Um, and then again, they can work together if you're growing an abundance of... because. Lord knows if we have good weather here, everyone has tomatoes and cucumbers to give away. So maybe we can kind of coordinate who's growing what so that someone else has the dill and the basil Mm -hmm. that we can make, you know, the full on uh, salad or meal out of the items. But that coordination is amazing and it really helps individuals have that confidence to move forward. Thank you for listening to Enrichment Today, brought to you by the Drew Lewis Foundation. At the Drew Lewis Foundation, we educate, empower, and support underserved families through personalized programs and coaching to increase the quality of life and build resilient communities. If you like Enrichment Today, make sure to follow Enrichment Today and Drew Lewis Foundation on social media. And now, back to the show. Now, I had mentioned that here we built a packing shed. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was in the middle of like COVID shutdown, (laughs) and we had like 
it turned out like a month to get it done. Mm -hmm. And we had Williams Construction came in and, and amazing, like put it up in six weeks. Yeah. And so it's been quite a learning experience. Yes. Um, and that was an amazing grant. Uh, we were the like one and only um, who had received specific funds like this mm -hmm. from the state of Missouri in order to look at how much food can we grow mm -hmm. on just 10,000 square feet. Yes. And we've decreased that footprint by building the pack shed. Mm -hmm. So now really the growing area is maybe 7,000 mm -hmm. square feet. But when you have the capacity to properly handle and chill, mm -hmm. how much is being grown on just that very small footprint now that we have the packing shed to process properly? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think um, you know we're still able to grow an incredible amount of produce. I want to say last year in 2021, um, our farm team grew somewhere around 53,000 pounds of produce, which is incredible. Um, and the packing shed truly, you know, knowing that we have multiple farm sites as well, um, it's kind of become a central hub for processing and packaging. And so it's given us the opportunity to expand our efforts, expand, you know, where we're able to grow as now we have the opportunity to process, package, and hold these items until, you know, either they're donated or if they're put in our CSA program um, or any number of things, it's, it, it's given us a lot of opportunity to kind of build out these prog these programs in a more controlled manner. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's been amazing to see this growth because mm -hmm. before, if they were harvesting, they had to get it, you know, immediately, yes. 24 hours, otherwise yep. it was wilted. And, and so now to be able to just refrigerate, yes. having a large walk-in chiller wild, yeah. really changes the capacity mm -hmm. to now refrigerate refrigerate, store, oh, yeah. and reach more individuals. Oh, right. You're absolutely right. And I think, um, you know, something that's really interesting about, you know, the difference between the produce that we grow and now being able to hold it is that, you know, it's not like after two days, it's going to go bad in the mm -hmm. fridge. You know, our produce lasts two, three weeks yeah. oftentimes. And so um, it doesn't usually last that long because it's either given or, or, or sold eaten. or whatever. Yeah. Or eaten. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but now we have that opportunity to hold it until we have a path you know, again, to donate or to sell or, or whatever. Um, yeah. Or to make amazing quiches. A hundred percent. Delicious quiches. Yes. yes. <laughs> so that's awesome looking at value-added, mm -hmm. you know, product. And that's a big thing yeah. in the nonprofit world mm -hmm. is looking at social entrepreneurship mm -hmm. in ways that instead of always having to find the next grant and chase the dollars, mm -hmm. being able to do things like use the food to either sell an SCSA mm -hmm. so that individuals from the community are getting fresh mm -hmm. food in a variety or to be able to make things like these spinach yeah, quiches and absolutely. locally made, you know, locally grown mm -hmm. to where there's just an, also an amazing flavor and amazing nutrition mm -hmm. in it. Yes. So share with us a little bit, you know, the, the growing part's great and the, mm -hmm. you know, the idea of community, but there is a major difference in food that we buy in the grocery store mm -hmm. that's been shipped here from wherever and mass produced mm -hmm. versus hands-on, small mm -hmm. process, organically grown. Yes. Um, talk a little bit about the difference in nutrition sure. and the value that it provides our body. Absolutely. And I think I think the easiest way to kind of explain or describe this is, you know, thinking about like a tomato, for example. So whenever you go to the grocery store, you know, the tomato is almost white on the inside. It, it looks like a tomato on the outside. It's bright red. But when you cut into it, it's hard and it's crunchy and it's it's not, you know, very appealing to eat. And at the same time, there's not a lot of nutrition in it. Um, whereas whenever you grown it organically and it stayed on the vine up until you know it's a bright red and ready to harvest and eat the nutrition that's put 
that is in that tomato is way more than when it's picked bright green and then ripens in the grocery store. Um, and it's made a huge impact on, you know, there is a huge impact on our bodies. The nutrition is very much there and it's so important. And, um, you know, being able to provide and provide your body with all of this organic produce, um, you know, it's a huge dietary change that's so important yeah. to healthy living. And I grew up on a farm and, uh, you know, my mornings were spent mm -hmm. like, picking rocks and weeds yep. and all of those things before I could do anything fun. Um, and so I grew up tasting real food. Yes. Like real food. Yes. And it's amazing to me um, when individuals will get a locally grown far, oh farm gosh. fresh yes. tomato or a peach or just anything and they're amazed yes. about the food has flavor. Mm -hmm. It's different. The oh texture is different. Yeah. I'm like, how have you lived your whole life eating... <laughs> I don't know, yeah. eating what? And then, you know, internally, what is that doing? So the disease process yes. we know is so far advanced that mm -hmm. chronic disease mm -hmm. is greatly influenced. Mm -hmm. And that cliche, you are what you eat. Exactly. And eat local, you're going to be so much more fulfilled. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I think, um, I remember whenever you were, <laughs> I remember my first time eating like a real strawberry. Um, I went and picked strawberries on the farm and it was like the juiciest thing. I was like, there is no way that this is what strawberries taste like. Yeah. <laughs> this couldn't be because I was eating grocery store strawberries for so long. But yeah, and you think, you know, of all the chemicals and things that are put on, you know, the, the mm -hmm. monoculture, industrial agriculture, grown crops, the difference, I mean, just in that, I mean, it, it's killing so many things, but um, whenever you have the organic and locally grown, not only are you supporting your own local food hub and your local system, um, but you're putting that back into your body. Yeah. Um, and it's making a huge difference from the inside out. Absolutely. Yeah. And the nutritional value mm -hmm. matters so much Absolutely. when we're looking at just the, the food, the quality, mm -hmm. um, and it really can have an influence. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about money. Mm -hmm. So I know that there is the perception uh, that I can't afford Mm -hmm. to eat local. I can't afford sure. to buy, you know, the farmer's market. I love going to the farmer's market, but it's almost like you have to dress up to go to the farmer's market <laughs> and you have to like go get your dog the right little tutu to wear. And I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's almost like the, the parade of, mm -hmm. it's a ton of fun. It's a social event, mm -hmm. but my goodness, it also can be so expensive. Yes. Um, and so for individuals that are looking for mm -hmm. the organic locally grown, the other thing we have to get used to is there is more nutritional value. Yes. There is more per item. Yes. And so that expense is there because it isn't just a crop dusted, Correct. you know, fast. So the price is warranted for sure. Yes, 100%. But what are ways that individuals can find items that are affordable mm -hmm. or what are ways that we can kind of stretch the dollar mm -hmm. and still get locally grown organic produce? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, I mean, my first immediate answer would be reaching out to Springfield Community yes. Gardens. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, right. Well, and I mean, I think, you know, there are a number of local farms, especially in this area that, you know, a, a lot of us, our mission is to support the community. Um, and, you know, like you said, with there is being there is a higher dollar amount associated with it. But at the same time, you know, whenever you buy local, you are supporting a farmer. Um, and that farmer might be your neighbor, it might be your best friend. Um, and so it is important to consider, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, there are a number of ways that you can stretch your dollar. Um, and you know, one of those ways as well is to, you know, work, you know, grow your own. Or volunteer. Or volunteer. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, and that's a great point too, because the, you know, many of our community gardens and many of our farm incubators as well, if you come to volunteer, 
um, chances are you'll get home you'll get sent home with something yeah. and so yeah reaching out to you know any of your area farmers um, or organizations like this um, because we are you know that's our mission is to work with you and to make sure that you all have healthy food to eat absolutely and some of the gardens so there like you mentioned there's different types of mm -hmm. gardens within Springfield community gardens there are the market gardens mm -hmm. that are more employees are mm -hmm. running those there are some volunteers mm -hmm. and then the um, the individuals and the apprenticeships, mm -hmm. but many of the community gardens, if you don't have the community and you mm -hmm. don't have the volunteers that are coming and growing and then taking the food mm -hmm. as a part of that volunteer, you don't have a community exactly. garden. So that's so important for individuals who are, who are trying to find a way that they can get involved, that mm -hmm. they can afford this food, go volunteer. Yes. And it's amazing too, just the healing component oh, yes. of being involved in yeah. the soil, the neighbors. Can you share a little bit about, there's amazing research that's mm -hmm. out there about what getting involved in your community through gardening mm -hmm. actually creates? Yeah, no, there are, um, oh my gosh, there are a number of you know benefits to social gardening and community gardening. I mean, of course, there's an economic impact, there's the nutritional benefit, the social impact is that, you know, especially in this world of COVID that we're living in now, you know, it, gardens, community gardens kind of can serve as like a third place or a third space. Um, and that space is not your home. It's not your work. Um, it's somewhere else that you can go as an escape. Yeah. Whenever, you know, all of these things, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, all of these things are happening. Um, it's a way to get out of what's going on and to use it as a therapeutic space. I mean, we all know the research shows that being out in the sun and being in the dirt is, you know, super healthy for your physical well-being and your mental well-being. And so using these community gardens, um, you know, can impact, of course, your nutrition, but also just your mental and physical well-being by being outside. Absolutely. Well, and then also with the idea of COVID, you are mm -hmm. outside. And so, yeah. you know, you can <laughs> exactly. stay separate from individuals. Mm -hmm. You can even mask and be outdoors mm -hmm. and still get that social mm -hmm. context that you're, that you're needing. Um, I've got friends who are some guard have in the past been garden leaders mm -hmm. uh, they are retired and they have some of their social niches but yes. they were really noticing that they were in retirement mm -hmm. isolating yes and so we see a lot of older individuals or just people who don't who mm -hmm. maybe you move to a new neighborhood mm -hmm. and you don't know your neighbors yet right finding and seeking out that that local gardening yes. um, initiatives really can reduce that social absolutely. isolation as well. Absolutely. Yeah, we have a number of individuals that reach out every year because, you know, they've just moved to the neighborhood and they want to, you know, a lot of our gardens as well are associated with the neighborhood associations or neighborhood alliances. Um, and it, it's a great way for individuals who are new to the area or are feeling a little bit of isolation um, to get out and talk to people that are around them and individuals that are like-minded as well. I mean, we're all here because we like to garden. Uh, and so it's a really great way to kind of get out in a more social manner. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, you get to often walk away with really great yes. value <laughs> yeah. in, and nutritional yeah, items. Definitely. Um, so any last things that you want to share when you, when people ask you, what do you do? Um, and you say, you know, I work in a community garden, right? <laughs> yeah. So what is it that's so important to you? What, what is it that draws you in and that, um, makes you proud to work for this company? I think the thing that makes me most proud is that we get to make a difference. Um, you know, you hear on the news, on the radio all the time about these things that are happening and you want to get out and help. And this is one of the most direct ways to do it is to get out, you know, either volunteer your time, um, go through an internship or an apprenticeship program. I mean, 
it is truly one of the best ways to make a difference, not only in your small community, um, but in you know the scale of a global food system. We're bringing it back to our backyard, uh, and it's so important for you know continuing our you know healthy social environments, but also you know a healthy ecosystem. Absolutely, mm-hmm. for sure. So if it, someone wants to learn more or they yes. want to volunteer, yes. how do we find Springfield Community Gardens? How do we get involved? Absolutely. So I'd say the, the best way is to go to the springfieldcommunitygardens.org website. Um, we have a number of our programs that are listed on there. There's uh, some great ways that you can get involved. And then we also have a direct link. Um, it'll direct actually to me. So if somebody's interested, they can fill out a form and then I'll email them back within just a few hours. And so um, that's the best way to, to reach out to us. But at the same time, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, uh, or I'm sorry, Instagram. And so, um, you know, searching Springfield Community Gardens and just sending us an email is, you know, we'd love to get to know you and, and to work with you. Awesome. But it's an amazing company to partner with, uh, the Drew Lewis Foundation. It's been one of our longest standing partners. Mm-hmm. The Pack Shed was a partnership in the, the grant that we had written to really bring nutrition and change and value to the, the two acres that we have here. And it's amazing, not only is it economically efficient to not <laughs> mow and to have them <laughs> manage our lawn and make us look amazing, um, but the partnership has been such value in so many other ways to the members, to getting fresh produce, mm-hmm. to the families that we serve. Um, it's, it's something that I am very proud of and, and it's so much an honor to continue to work um, hand in hand with Springfield Community Gardens here at the Fairbanks. So I want to thank uh, our listeners. I want to thank you for being here with us today. If you're interested in more information, do make sure to reach out to Springfield Community Gardens. Uh, We'll make sure to include information in all of our uh, material as well. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Enrichment Today podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And visit our websites, enrichmenttoday.org and drewlewis.org. Until next time, remember to break some crayons.